0: Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Well, thank you uh, so much for agreeing to hop on a TPQ20 with me. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Uh, Thanks we for always, having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that will not be on the back of uh, Will You Cradle Your Head, uh, who would you say you are?
1: Uh, I'm a teacher dad from Queens. Um, and a guy who likes to write poetry
0: all right that's a that's a good place to start there i like that um you are somebody who does write about family so that's it's kind of nice to have that as well um let's start off with uh with kind of a timeline question here so uh we've got your you know uh, multi we'll start with multiverse so uh you uh edited and put out a wonderful book uh called marvelous verses um let's talk about superheroes so where does your love of superheroes come from uh how what's your earliest memory of of falling in love with a you know with a nice spider-man or or a superman or batman who came first
1: i i think the the earliest i can remember is really that the x-men from the 90s cartoon yes and you know i had a an older uh friend across the street he's probably like you know 5 6 years older than me and he had like all these comic books that his mom wanted to get rid of and he gave me a box of them and so we started reading through uh, a bunch of those and and then uh i remember going with a friend and just running we you know as soon as we got a dollar or a dollar 25 we we Run uh, about a mile down the the main street in our, our small town in New Jersey, and uh, go buy the the latest issue of something. And usually it was X Men or Silver Surfer or something like that. Um, but yeah, and then just uh, you know recently, you know there's there's the whole series of the movies. Right. And during during the pandemic, uh, one of my buddies, um, Derek Mainhart, he's the one that drew the um, he made the cover. Oh, the very book. cool. Um, he actually lived uh, in the building next door. Our kids are friends and and That's we awesome. just would always, always talk comics. And um, so we were always like, you know, one of the things that in the early part of the pandemic was just talking through, uh, you know, which, w- which of the movies you think is the best one, which one you can walk, watch over and over again, just something to get our minds off of the sirens in the right. background. And then, you know, I started writing poetry as a different outlet for myself and um, ran into sean berman and the daily drunk started writing some fun stuff in there and um victoria uh wrote one about the, the black widow for sean and i loved it so much and then i saw another poem by joan glass about iron man yes and then i was reading uh a different magazine I can't remember which magazine it was and i saw a wolverine and i was like wait a minute there's a bunch of these out there and i'm sure there's more and so i just went to sean i'm like hey i don't know if this is the way this works but can i edit <laughs> can i edit a, a book about this i think there's stuff out here and i bet you that we can find something he's like yeah it sounds awesome pester me in a couple months and i just kept going at it and I, once i told victoria um that I was thinking about it, she was pestering me over and over again to get him to do it. That's and then awesome. and then it just grew from there. And, you know, putting out the call, uh, you know, 60 people ended up in this thing. And uh, a lot of people were people that I had seen on Twitter and online right. and I knew some of their work, some of it was solicited. Um, but it really just grew from there. And what's really great about it uh, has been a lot of them are still friends and a lot of them are still people that I network with and contact and send drafts to and talk all the time uh, with so it's it's been it's a it was a wonderful way to build something that we all had fun with and and loved but it was also a great way to just kind of meet some poets and, right. and get some some cool friends out of it.
0: That's awesome. It's I mean, what a cool, I mean, what a really cool concept too. It's just a lot of fun. Um, right bloody and, and has done things like that in the past as well. Uh, but Sean is such a great, a great editor and a great home for for this piece. Like what a what a wonderful thing to do, especially during the pandemic, to kind of just like actually enjoy, you know, have yeah. some enjoyment come out of come out of you know, long days at home. Yeah. Um where uh so with with your love of comic books uh or at least superheroes um where does the i guess where does the why not comic book writing and uh instead of poetry
1: i mean i don't think i i i'm not a an artist for one and i don't think i loved it in that regard and i think you know the poet might my entry into poetry actually is still connected to, to Derek as well. Uh, You know, talking to him, uh, I'm also friends with his wife. His wife is a cartoonist for the New Yorker and a bunch of oh, other wow. places. Cool. Very, very successful. Allie Solomon. She's amazing. That's awesome. Um, And, you know, I was kind of just thinking like, okay, Allie's got this great talent. Derek's got this great talent because I'd seen both their work and they were kind of just, you know, building things. And I was like, what do I do? What am I good at? And I, I remembered, I, wrote poetry like 20 years ago in high school and <laughs> college I was the editor of a magazine at Rutgers University um, and you know wrote all throughout college and then just stopped because I was in grad school got a job right. teaching had kids and just didn't think oh you know that's not you know and then the p- pandemic slows you down forcibly and and then I was just like this I need something else I, maybe this will work and I just started the Dodge Poetry Festival actually um, in New Jersey, they had this virtual version where they were like, for teachers, mm. here, here's a packet of poems, here's a packet of prompts, write one a day. And so I was like, okay, I'll write one a day. And then I just kept going after that and, and trying. And then I started submitting. And then maybe six months later, something got accepted. I was like, oh, maybe I have something here. I started taking classes. And three years later, here I am.
0: It's, it's, I mean, it really is. It's an amazing, I mean, that is an amazing journey. There are not a lot of poets that I talk to who have extensive gaps in between kind of, you know, when they were really passionate about writing and then life uh, and then poetry again. It's, I mean, it's nice to know that you came back to that. Uh, So question, when uh, are you even close to, or who are you now versus the version of the poet you were? When you were at Rutgers editing the journal. Um yeah. if you you know, yeah. if you could look back yeah. at these 20 years, what's what do you feel has changed the most?
1: Uh, perspective for sure. <laughs> I I think I think I would not be able to write at all like this if I was writing back then. I was mm-hmm. writing hap I think, you know, when I started writing again, things were sort of haphazard, or I take a class and there would be a very specific focus. But it was still, I didn't have a direction and I didn't have, uh, especially when I was younger, it was just kind of like, well, what popped into my mind? Oh, I saw this painting or, oh, I saw this, these dried flowers. I'm going to write about that. Or um, I really like Frank O'Hara. Or I really like so-and-so. I'm going to write like them and just kind of writing random things. But I think being older, I'm 40 now, uh, started writing again, I guess when I was 37 and I think being older, having two kids, having taught for so many years and and teaching really forced me to read and teach a ton of poetry. And I appreciated it for a long time. And so when I go back to writing, I had all this stuff that I had been teaching and thinking about. And so I was thinking about craft. I just wasn't thinking about craft for myself. And so it flipped and it was like, I knew what Carolyn Forchier was doing in the kernel.
0: Right, 20 years ago I knew it in high school but oh, I, I miss teaching I used to teach high school creative writing I really miss yeah. teaching that poem oh, I love it poem. that poem amazing <laughs> and
1: and I you know I think back to like what are the how does imagery work and that's one of them and Elizabeth Bishop's another one and so these these you know tried and true poems that were anthologized and that I've taught over the years became anchor points to think through what am I doing where do I want to go and then in recent years, I've been reading just new poets because I was like, I don't want to just read the anthologies. So I started reading Jericho Brown and Victoria Chang, who blew my mind with Obit, nice. and then and then I discovered Diane Seuss through um, a, a a workshop, and then that just that was blew everything open. It was like, oh, I can write <laughs> like that. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> oh, I, you're allowed to do that too, and be the same person. Okay, and so like you know, I write about french painters but i'm also writing about garfield phones washing up on a beach for sean and edit an anthology on marvel and then write a book about climate change it's like doesn't matter what the topic is there's all there's all mediums for
0: it ah i love that and uh congratulations first off on on the the book that's you know about to come out uh but to have diane seuss as your you know as the blurb for it as that's yeah I mean, it is there are there are, you know, a few of those poets out there right now who I mean who are just on a on a whole other world. Um, I mean, Frank is truly one of the great books yeah. of, of all time. Um, so congratulations on on winning over the eye of someone who is so careful with words.
1: I mean, I I can't credit, I, I have no idea if she read any of my work before i went to her and just said will you read my work (laughs) i mean she had we interacted very briefly on twitter every once in a while like i think the first thing she ever noticed was a drawing i posted of my my daughter drew something crazy and i was like look at this and she put she responded i'm like holy shit that's (laughs) and and you know i had a bunch of those and then i (laughs) You know, you screenshot it, you send it to a friend, you are yep. like, Look, Diane Seuss said something about it. Oh my God. And then, you know, and I I, I was thinking through and I was talking to a friend, Nicole Tallman. And I was like, Should should I ask Diane Seuss to maybe read my book? She's like, Why not? She can say no. And right. so I did. And she said yes. And it, and she read it. She fully understood what I was trying to do. It yeah. was really, I mean, I read the blurb the other day and I was just like, I can't, I can't believe that happened. So I'm really lucky. And I, you know, I heard from, I think Nicole has a book coming out and I Mm -hmm. had asked her and I think Diane is getting just bombarded now with requests because she, I asked her like maybe a week after she won the Pulitzer too. (laughs) So, so I got her, I got in right underneath. That's, that's amazing. Um, But, but, you know, I still think it's a blessing and Diane, if you're, if you're listening, thank you so much. You're amazing. (laughs)
0: So, um, when it comes to the new book, so when it comes to who will cradle your head, uh, you know, you said you started kind of writing again about three years ago. Um, When is poem number one written for this book? I mean, some of the
1: poems uh, were are that are in this book were poems that I wrote almost at the beginning. Okay, Um, there's there's a poem at the end that I didn't know was going to be, I knew it was going to be a part of this book, but I didn't know how it was going to fit. And, uh, that one is, um, Sasquatch, um, explores fresh kills. And it used to just be called fresh kills. And it was like the second poem I got accepted for publication like two, two and a half years ago for little death lit. This, this, uh, great little website, um, that, you know, they believed in that poem and, um, I didn't, start actively thinking about this as a book project until, I guess it was two, in April, it'll be two years ago. So, you know, April of 2021, I was like, I'm going to start really trying to write about climate change. I had been thinking about it. I had a bunch of nature poems, but it wasn't, it wasn't really cohering. And then I, I wrote a few and I'm like, okay, I have something and I guess the first one that I wrote towards that maybe was Rewind, which is the last poem of this book, okay. um, is, which is a take on a Todd Dillard poem. He he wrote this great uh, poem, In the Ways We Vanish, where... That's a good book. Every, it's an amazing book. <laughs> and uh, the way... The, the way the poem works is everything. Go, it's like you're rewinding a tape backwards. And he says, okay. the, the characters, the speaker is walking backwards and, you know, doing all these actions backwards and then meeting people and unpunching somebody and <laughs> you know, things like that. And so I was like, well, I want climate change to go away. Can I reverse that? And oh. so I just, so I just thought, okay, what does that look like? And so I just have like exhaust coming back into carf car mufflers and I have smoke coming back in the smokestacks or I have the cars being unmade in the factories and the workers going back into their their uh their rooms, you know, and then we get get into just a sort of bucolic look of uh you know wheat and um clouds going by in a clean way. And um so that was the first con I think that was the first conscious one. And then I have another one that um was a takeoff at Ilya Kaminsky's um, We Lived Happily During the War, and it's, um, we were, uh, what's it, I just want to get the title right. <laughs> Forget your own titles. Oh, all uh, the time. I'm like, wait, what is that one called again? <laughs> uh, living Happily at the End of the World. And, uh, you know, it's basically just two people trying to ignore climate change, um, or just ignore what it's already happened and, and their complicity within it. And, and from there, just I started branching out into like, okay, this goes in this direction. I have some very explicit political stuff. I have some very just like nostalgic stuff. I have my own parenting look. And then as the the, the manuscript started to cohere, poems that I had never even dreamed would be part of this became part of it. Like, like Sasquatch wanted to take over. So right. I, I have a poem that was a poem about Vanitas still life paintings like dutch paintings from you know 14th century or something and they turned into sasquatch going into a bunker and and discovering like a skull in a bunker right and so (laughs) um it things just started getting co-opted and changed and i was not killing my darlings i was metamorphosizing them into this so uh yeah and, and it's it's been fun and you know i've had some really great experiences working with people and once I had a groove it was like okay what's the real event happened recently I actually started one the summer I really started writing these I was keeping a journal too of just a day-by-day tracker of what crazy climate event had happened Ooh, that day that's it was cool. like I did that for like three weeks and I was just like oh my god things are really <laughs> bad and it was like that was the time when there was the The bridge in Pakistan this giant bridge just like just was destroyed by glacier melt and like the rivers flooded and this entire like not only the bridge but I think like this giant hotel that everybody would go to for honeymoons just was taken out oh my god and so I wrote about that and in my journal and that would just start to build images and ideas and um things but
0: so did yeah. you see the, uh, and I know, I know where this will come out, you know, in a couple months, but uh, today there was an article about how the earth's core has reversed um, and that they're, oh. they've started. Yeah. They've started to note that there are climate change events that happen every 60 to 70 years. And so they're starting to see that every 60 to 70 years, the earth's core actually reverses. Um yeah, it, I, I wish I, wish I had like, the article in front of is me. Is it like a reversal of temperature? or, or... Oh, Man, now I'm going to have to look this up as we're talking. Luckily, yeah. I can edit out space. But this was amazing because uh, Earth. Oops. Yeah, I just saw this article today and I just That's... was telling my wife about it like less than two hours ago. Reversing oh, it's, re- Earth...
1: it's reversing the direction, the rotation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, inner uh, Earth's inner core, a shifting, spinning mysteries, latest twist. Oh uh, my the God. Earth's inner core might be reversing. <laughs> it you has know, it recently stopped and turned around. I mean, this is... It's amazing. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, or science is really like... I was never... I, I teach, I've taught middle school and high school for the last 20 years, and I've never been a science person at all. But the last, like, decade... I really I think uh, I started showing CNN 10 about a decade, you know, about a decade ago. And I think just the daily nudges of science pieces that they put in there, I've really become kind of like a like a like a geek for science. I don't know much about it, but I find it fascinating.
1: Yeah, I I mean, there's so many great I think that happened for me, too. I was such a, a hyper focused literary guy. Yeah, reading like, you know, novels and plays and that's it. Right. And uh, you know, the occasional random poem. Um, but I switched, I think at some point where I was like, ah, let me read some nonfiction. I read like um uh, oh, Henrietta Lax, the mm, yep. Immortal Life of Henrietta Lax, and and then I was like, Oh my god, science writing and Hot Zone, which was about yes.
0: oh, Hot and- Zone was one of the great what a fascinating like ebola in general is just a fascinating horrifying yeah but hot zone was was such a terrifying book it's perfect it's a great (laughs) book
1: and uh you know i was obsessed with epidemiology and and zombies uh you know about 16 years ago and so uh now i'm just like oh my god all the things i know now um but you know science writing is really cool and i think what was fun really fun about this uh, project that will cradle your head was it it was about me handling my own anxiety about climate change it's about you know dealing with loss and nostalgia for things we haven't even lost yet like preemptive grief but uh, to a degree it was also just like science is weird and cool and uh, you know I was at the Dodge Poetry Festival this year and I got uh, a chance to see um Amy Nezuku Matatil. Oh. And I asked her, How do you handle climate change in your thinking and your writing? Mm. And and she said, you know, I like to approach it, you know, not surprisingly through wonder, because if you can love something, you want to care for it. And he's like, she was like, don't go after people for the what they're not doing. Make them love the thing you want them to love. And I think that's like, you know, the science aspect of what I I don't think this is a sciencey book, but the things that I was you'll see in the, the notes section, it's pretty thorough about like I got this from this article and I got this from this article and this essay by Nathan Rich and Nathaniel Rich. And it, you know, there's there was this thing that I read about uh starfish are ripping their own arms off, and scientists have no idea why in, oh my this, God. in the in the Pacific Ocean and I was like, okay, that's insane. <laughs> and I also need to write about it. And yeah. Adrian Adrian Dallas Frandle, and I wrote a, a combined poem about it, uh, which was published in Feral. And then uh, I wrote a, a spin-off of the Barrens, um, which are the, um, so basically what happened is that because the starfish are gone, the urchin were able to prolifer- po- proliferate in a way that they couldn't before because that natural predator was gone. The starfish would eat the urchin. And so the urchins would then eat this the kelp. And the kelp would just, you know, you'd see a wasteland, a barren in the Pacific Ocean where it used to be kelp forest. Um, so I wrote about the, the, the barons themselves, and it's just, it's, you know, you realize just how deeply enmeshed everything is, and how important every little aspect of of our ecosystem is, and how
0: wonderful that is, and how scary that is. It's, it's incredible. I love that. I love, it's, it's fascinating to me having done, you know, so many of these conversations. It's, it's always fascinating the other worlds of poets um, and, what, and what they like that we might not know or what comes out inside their books that maybe had we read them before, we wouldn't quite have gotten. I love that. Um, I have to ask as we kind of head toward the end here, as, as a teacher um, who has a book coming out, How uh, how have you talked about uh, this with your students?
1: So a year ago, I was really sheepish about it. I didn't want them to really. They kind of knew I wrote. I didn't want to promote it. I was like, ah, that's weird. Um, I you know you get that little taste in your mouth of uh, a professor that assigns their own book type of thing, and I didn't want to be that guy. (laughs) And I had my own like like I remember when I was editing. Marvelous first. People are like, Well, are you gonna write your own Marvelous first? And I was like, No, I would never (laughs) publish myself. Like, why you don't publish yourself? It's like saying that you it's like I'm gonna take somebody else's space. Right. Just because I have the power to do so. No. Um, so I had some misgivings. But with this, I've been I've been telling my kids about it. I've been showing them the the book and they're they're excited about it. I think the coolest part is just like kids are just kind of genuinely like this is an achievement and I'm proud of you That's so and, you know, and I'm not doing it in a way where I'm like seeking their approval or want them to read it. <laughs> right. I think, I, you know, I don't want that, but I do. It is like, in some ways, in the way that I have been as a, as a person, like you're a role model by default, right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, unless you're an awful person, you're pretty much a role model <laughs> by default. Right. And so it's like, I talk about my family all the time with my kids, my students, right? I talk about having two daughters. I talk about being married for, you know, 16 years and the kids like that and they gravitate to that. And I've always used that as a bonding mechanism in the classroom and just a way of like, look, people can be a super nerd like me and have a life and, you know, I'm still writing books of poems, so I'm still a super nerd, Right, but, uh, but right, like. There are. I went. I had a uh, a goal, and I went went after it, and I'm achieving something that I thought I didn't want to or couldn't a long time ago. And and they see that, and they recognize that, and I think that's that's the biggest thing I I'm uh, looking forward to with you know uh, the book and my students. I I've had colleagues that are like, oh, you should do a reading at the school, and that just scares the hell out of me. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to read in front of all of you and get that poet voice. And like, it just reeks of pretension for me, but
0: I mean, it could be fine, but I don't know. It's I, as a, I've been playing music for a million years and and I have definitely over the years been asked to play talent shows and things like that. And I've done a couple times and yeah, it feels weird. Um, <laughs> and then you have to go to work the next day and see the kids again. And it's like, that's <laughs> that's just you never really know what to say but that's i think it's it's amazing that it just becomes part of the reality of you can achieve this dream and i mean yeah, i think it's kind of fun that the the kids get to see that um there can be a uh you know you can be a published author like it's like you actually that actually can happen and they they now know somebody who is um and most people can't say that so that's that's pretty darn cool um thank you so much for hanging out on tpq20 today this was an absolute pleasure to speak with you um and i truly i look forward to all that comes from you uh what a wonderful journey you are about to be on with this book Um, thank you so much yeah thank you and uh i truly look forward to sending more and more people your direction uh have a great rest of your evening all right thank you so much thank you bye-bye bye